On this episode of Music Lesson Business Academy, we're going to talk to Nate Tarepka with Piano by Nate. And he is a piano teacher. He has a traditional music teaching business that went digital and virtual. But what he's working on now is what looks to be a very successful YouTube channel and digital course business. That's coming up on Music Lesson Business Academy. This episode of Music Lesson Business Academy is brought to you by Musi.live, the ultimate music lesson management software. Have you tried teaching with the traditional conferencing platforms? If so, you've probably noticed these platforms lack the tools to conduct effective lessons. Musi.live was developed by music teachers for music teachers. It allows you to host high-quality lessons with a full suite of tools developed specifically for you, the music teacher. Thousands of teachers in over 40 countries have already brought their studio to the next level with the help of Musi.live. So why not give it a try today? Two-week free trials are available to all users at Musi.live. Once again, that's Musi.live. Hey everybody, Danny here. Welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. Sorry for the poor audio on this microphone here. I am recording this remotely. And uh, hey, Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2023. And uh, let's all have a great year. And so like I said in the intro, we'll be uh, playing an interview here with Nate Tarepka. And as well as the podcast here, I do have a video version of the interview over at the Music Lesson Business Academy YouTube channel. So if you like to watch your podcasts on YouTube, you can go over there and check it out as well. Before we get into this episode, I did want to just kind of something that's been on my mind and I wanted to talk a little bit about moving into 2023 and as a suggestion for all of us is, you know, take everything that you hear from me or from anybody else in this space who is, you know, giving advice on a podcast or Facebook group or anything from the, take that information from the standpoint of testing it and trying it out. Myself, I'm very guilty in the past and I want to work on this moving forward with the podcast of saying, you know, you got to do this or you should definitely be doing that because the reality is I don't really know that. And it is different for everyone. What works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for me, so on and so forth. And the only way is to try things and experiment and use real data whenever possible, website data and analytics data and goals reached from a marketing standpoint and you know retention numbers to really determine if things work. And I want to challenge, and again, many things that I flat out said we should all do, you know, um, you know, always being a big proponent of you got to do these amazing events and they have to be over the top and you, you got to really make it memorable for people and things like that. 
a lot of that I was doing, I think, because I liked it at that time and I thought it was cool. If I was going to do something, I wanted to do it in a way that I thought I would think it was really neat. Whether that had any impact on retention, I'm kind of leaning towards that it doesn't. But, you know, we carry those dogma with dogmas with us in the music teaching world of like, oh, well, you got to do recitals. That's a, a big part of retention is recitals. I think it isn't, <laughs> you know, now when I really dig down and have been looking at this more and more, uh, it isn't. I don't think that it is, or it certainly isn't in my case. So maybe that doesn't need to be something that you have to focus on if you don't really want to put the time, effort, and money into it. So really moving forward for me in my business, I am looking at purely doing the things that matter the most and getting rid of things that don't really matter because it's time and money and effort spent where maybe it doesn't really need to be there. So whatever the issue is moving forward, I really want to try to address it from that standpoint. So I'm sure I'll slip up, <laughs> you know, and make bold statements uh, where I should be making a bold suggestion. And, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up in comments and things like that to uh, hold me accountable to that. Okay, let's get into our interview with Nate. All right, Nate Terepka from Echo City Music. How are you, man? Good to see you. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. Thanks so much for taking time to be on the show again. It's been, I don't know, we haven't probably talked in about a year, I would think. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's good to go. So, um, you know, primarily today we're going to talk about YouTube and what you're doing on your YouTube channel and your courses and things like that. But mm -hmm. just for those, you know, for all of us, give us the quick, you know, three minute recap of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I I started teaching piano and guitar to kids in Brooklyn, New York, um, about 10 years ago at this point. I was in New York uh, mostly focusing on playing in my band and started teaching kids um, on the side. And over the course of five or six years, kind of built up a pretty full presence there doing recitals and I kind of hit a point where I was where I realized I was actually more passionate about the teaching than I was about what I was supposedly doing with my life with uh <laughs> touring and that kind of stuff. Uh in 20 uh 19 I founded a a music school called Echo City Music Lab. Uh and so right before the pandemic um and that was that was cool. I was doing group lessons and trying to sort of build that up, uh, doing these gig nights where uh, uh, my students would open for local musicians, sort of like somewhere between a recital and like a house show type sure. vibe. Um, but then <clears throat> pretty shortly into COVID, I, I, f I decided to pull the plug on the space. I had... Um, I just, I, I, I saw it dragging out, um, yeah. and, uh, the virtual lessons were going well. Uh, I know people have mixed feelings about the virtual lessons, but they worked better than I thought. And, uh, ultimately kind of gave me the freedom to move out of New York. So I live in Portland, Oregon now, um, yeah. which I had wanted to live here for a while, but was kind of tied down to what I was doing in New York. Yeah. So you have family out there, I'm, correct? I do. Okay. And I'm still teaching a lot of the same kids from Brooklyn 
virtually oh, um, years later. And uh, also in 2020, uh, sort of as a quarantine whim project, <laughs> I started the, the YouTube channel. Uh, it was it just kind of grew out of the Echo City Music Lab YouTube channel that I had started to post stuff about the school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I think we're going to get into some of that stuff, but that's uh, slowly become sort of my main focus. Yeah. What, um, you know, so you're still teaching a lot of the same students. Are you picking mm -hmm. up any new students or have you kind of just held on to what you had and decided to kind of focus a little bit more in this other area? Yeah. When I first got to Portland, I, I was still thinking that I was going to really try to expand here, maybe even start a similar sort of music school here. Mm -hmm. um, and I've decided to just kind of let attrition do its thing with my students mm -hmm. and hope that the YouTube kind of picks up the slack. Sure, um, sure. So, I mean, in in 2020, I was teaching... Well, when we moved to virtual lessons, I took a bunch of group students, group lesson students on as private students. And, you know, back then we had all the time in the world. And I was just like, sure. all right, I'll just... But I was teaching like 35 private lessons a week, um, which got yeah, really tiring. Solid. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and I was spreading into like six days a week. And now I am down to four days a week. Last year I taught five days a week. Um, I'm teaching about 20 students a week, and that feels really good. It's great, to, and I'm hoping to be three days a week soon. Um, I don't want them to drop off too fast, but yeah, I haven't been to, I haven't sure. been taking on new, gotcha. new students. And I, I I think that's a really common challenge for a lot of individual teachers. Where if you're you know running a school or if you're primarily the teacher, you know there's just that point where 35, 40 students, if you're doing private lessons is going to be about the max and yeah. you know it's a good 5 days could potentially be 6 days it's just a big yeah. time commitment and it's it's hard to kind of really grow from there financially um but you're also just you know you're so locked in time wise with what you have to do um, absolutely and, 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 and there's just a limited that, period yeah. of time that I think people can do it before they kind of burnout yeah yeah I, I could feel myself burning out after like a, a year or two of that and I um yeah it was also like I felt like the quality of my lessons was going down like I yeah I would get through it but I just didn't quite have the bandwidth to be passionate about bringing the best of myself to the table um for each student um day after day yeah it's um it, I, I th again, I think that's just a very common thing, not only for teachers, but anything you're doing like that, when you hit that level of burnout, it's like just your quality level starts. It's easy to let that quality level drop off. And I think it's something that that everybody has to be aware of. Um, so tell us uh, about the YouTube channel, uh, the name, what you're doing over there. Um, and kind of a little bit about just sort of the growth where it, where it was when you started thinking about it seriously and where it's at now. Yeah. Um, so, so the channel is as of a week ago called piano with Nate. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I just rebranded, got a new <laughs> logo and everything. If you want to check it out. Um, so the, 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 um, 
the channel was just called Echo City Music Lab because that was my music school. Um, right. And actually, <laughs> so you had Lauren Bateman on your podcast. Yep. Uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago about, or something. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, I listened to that episode, and that was really inspiring for me. And I ended up reaching out to her f- uh, to do a couple of coaching calls. Oh, great. Um, which, yeah, I mean, she's awesome and really kills it with... Uh, and I think we have sort of similar approaches. She she teaches guitar, though. Um, and so I could kind of look to the success she's had and said, you know, I can maybe do this, too. Um, but... One thing she said, I think I, the first call I had with her, she said, so are are we keeping the name? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. And she sort of pointed out, you know, that Echo City Music Lab, I, I think it's a cool name for a music school sure, where sure. I started it. But I hadn't right. really, I hadn't really questioned it ever since because I liked the logo and I liked the brand. But sure, she, sure. she pointed out that's not a very memorable name for a piano tutorial channel on youtube like right no one's gonna have that stick in their head and search like echo city music piano lessons for like this song or something it's just um and was pointing out that a lot of people will search her name guitar and i was like all right yeah you're you're right um so i kind of i dug my feet in a little bit at first and thought about it and i was like yeah so it's piano with nate now nice and simple um well and it you know and and you know, as I've been going down that YouTube journey, a little bit in the music side, because I manage our uh, guitar-related channel, but it's the same thing. You know, we have the Music Factory School of Music, which we've had forever, and, you know, we, we do some, you know, we do have a YouTube channel for that, but it, it's really kind of secondary. It, it's not something we try to build. It's, you know, where some of the student live streams are and things like that. But when we decided, you know, we wanted to really do a channel that was guitar focused, you know, we needed, we knew we needed to do a different name, you know, to, to really, um, you know, focus in on the primary thing that we were providing. And, you know, YouTube is, is similar to social media that people are just scrolling so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And they may not take that time to look at, you know, echo city and realize, Oh, it's a great channel for piano versus right. uh you know something that's just right right in their face you know yeah make it so, simple so yeah so i started the channel in 2020 um i just had the idea on a walk and uh <laughs> decided to post uh some uh tutorial videos the first um one was uh, a dua lipa song the don't start now which was really popular on there but you know my idea was to teach songs kind of the way that I teach a lot of my uh, like preteen students that are into playing chords and singing pop songs, which is something that I sort of specialize in in with my piano teaching, um, helping people like think about singing and playing together. And so, uh, yeah, I started posting a few of those. And um, yeah, it was actually I think the second video I posted did decently well. And it was enough for me to be like, oh, okay, like started getting a little bit of good feedback. Um, but yeah, just over over time, if, when I first started, I was posting a lot of pop videos, um, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift. Um, mm-hmm. It was really interesting. I, I had posted like one one Beatles video, maybe a David Bowie video, but 
mo- like overwhelmingly contemporary stuff, Sean Mendez, stuff like that. Um, once, as of last spring, I released my first course. And we can we can talk about that if you want. Um, but uh, every uh, everyone who gets on my mailing list gets tagged with mm-hmm. inactive campaign with yep. the um, the video that came through because I, they get on my mailing list by. Uh, clicking through and entering their email to get sent the chords and lyrics chart yeah. that goes with the tutorial. And as soon as I started selling courses, I noticed that uh, even though you know eighty percent of my tutorials were contemporary pop songs, eighty uh, percent of my sales of the course were coming through those one or two like Bowie or Beatles <laughs> sure. tutorials. So, um, yeah, I realized that that maybe that's a better spot for my my audience, um, even mm-hmm. if even if those videos don't have as much potential to really take off and get a ton of views right away. Um, have you um, and, and maybe this is something you did with Lauren when you really talked about it is really kind of fine tune and hone in on who that customer is going to be, because that is. You know, the more that I, again, the more that I explore it, and it's something that Brian and I were just really kind of re-addressing on our guitar channel is like, you know, who who's the customer we're going for? You know, who is that person? And then once you know that, it helps you to really decide, well, what are the songs? What's the content going to be that's going to appeal to those customers? Yeah, we talked about that a bit. Um, it's sort of been... Uh, an or- organic and slow discovery process of that. Sure. I haven't. Um, it was sort of so. So I feel like my customer. It's becoming more clear that my the real audience is um, a lot of older, uh, a lot of retired uh, people in the U.S. and the U.K who uh, maybe played piano when they were a kid, but mm-hmm. now they're getting more into trying to play the, you know, pop and rock songs of their of their youth and um, learn through chords and stuff like that. Um, uh, but there's a, there's a wide range, but that's sort of, that demographic has sort of emerged as, um, as my audience a little bit. And, I think just as more of those types of people started commenting and emailing me and uh, engaging with me, it just naturally made me. And, and sure. those are the, so. And then those people started requesting more songs yeah. that they're into, and I started checking and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I like that song." And posting more songs like that, and it's sort of a, a feedback loop where I'm sort of just getting naturally right, pushed right. in that direction. Um, How you know. Uh- through this the YouTube journey along with obviously just sort of you know your own trial and error and figuring stuff out are you know what's your learning process have you been you know do you follow some of the YouTube channels that are specifically about building you know a YouTube business or has there been any influencers like that for you yeah um when I I digested a lot of that kind of content when I was first getting started because I didn't really mm-hmm. know much about how yeah, YouTube me neither. worked. <laughs> um, I also, uh, what's the book? The YouTube Formula is a book. Um, and that was great. Yeah, it's called The YouTube Formula. Um, okay. 
I'll try to put in for that. Daryl Eves. Uh, I think he's he's super legit. Like he's worked a bunch with Mr. Beast and stuff. Um, that was really helpful in um, in figuring out some of the the stuff. Uh, I'm Sunny Leonard Doozy. Uh, she I watched a lot of her videos at the beginning. Um, what's the? There's someone that you told me. Like um, maybe film the few, booth there's or a, something. Film booth is one that I really enjoy, uh, which I think focuses quite a bit more on. Um, a lot of it is about you know the the actual like story creation and and you know yeah uh, how, how to, that could be impact how to edit your videos edits, to things like that right hold retention um, and everything right. like that and, and you know and those things it, it's there's so much more. To it, obviously, the more you explore, the more you realize you're like, wow, there's just so much to doing it well. Uh, but film booth, I really enjoy. There is a channel called Channel Makers that I really like. Hmm. Uh, that guy's I'll name is Nate. Also, uh, Nick okay. Nimmin, I think, is really really good. Yeah, um, as yep. well. I think Nick Nimmin was one of the first that I really started to to watch quite a bit. So I, I would say those are um, the. F- you know, the main ones that I watch, um, you know, there's a few others here and there that I, I do follow as well. But those three, I think for anybody that, um, you know, wants to kind of start down this YouTube journey um, w- would want to check out. Um, yeah, for sure. I think I think for me, I did a bunch of that kind of just big picture YouTube channel creation strategies for growth, that kind of content right at the beginning um and then more in you know the last year or so not so much but i've i do more i watch a fair amount of people that are kind of in the similar world to me sure you know channels that for piano or guitar um that because there's a lot of them and there's a lot of room absolutely for in this space for people with just kind of slightly different takes or focuses on what they're doing and yeah so i, I mean it's, it's cool to see what other people are yes. doing that's that, that's yeah. working yeah and i think it that's one of the challenges certainly you know like with a guitar channel or piano channel channel there is a lot a lot of competition mm-hmm. and part of it is figuring out who your customer is and and how do you take something broad like piano and kind of narrow it into a tighter segment and, yeah. you know, I'm doing the same thing with my motorcycle channel. You know, there's a lot of motorcycle channels, a lot of motorcycle travel, motorcycle camping channels. You know, it's like, how do I differentiate myself differently? And and I would say I haven't really figured it out yet. You know, um, it's it's a it's a little bit more of a um, work uh, workload type channel, you know, than if I was creating drum. Well, drum videos aren't that easy either because there's just you know, a lot involved in making the video. But, you know, for me to put out a motorcycle video, unless I'm doing a quick gear review or something, I got to go on a trip, you know, even if it's just a simple overnight camping, it's still, you know, I got to, I got to get on the bike. I got to ride for a few hours maybe to make it, you know, so I'm not just going down the street, you know, from the house Um, and getting better at, you know, when I go out for something like that, I don't always have, a story at that point. It's like, I almost have to see, well, what unfolds 
in this tr- in, yeah. in this adventure to see if yeah, then cool. I can build the story. And and mm-hmm. in some ways it's cool, in other ways it's it's a little more challenging because I can't, you know, and, and, and certainly something that you know I think is important that I learned is just how many of the YouTubers really start with you know the idea and the title and the thumbnail before they film any video. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, what's the song going to be? How am I going to title it? You know, and then go from there. And it's a little harder when I'm doing a motorcycle trip because, again, something might happen that becomes the story or the plot line or whatever of that type of video. So, um, but it, it, it's really, um, you know, there's just so much to learn with it, but it's so fun at the same time. And I'm curious, you know, what is it about kind of like the YouTube business model or the YouTube world that you're attracted to? Um, well, I mean, first off, I think YouTube as a platform is really cool. I think they've done a good job of yeah. incent- incentivizing creators um, with, you know, ad revenue and just I feel like they were really early on that um and they give you so many tools to look at your analytics and everything like it it really feels like it it's i mean it's a obviously a massive corporation but it feels like there is like support there um yeah so i i respect the platform i um i i really i it feels like I, the, I trust the algorithm in that it and it's a massive potential audience. Yeah. And it, it just feels like if you put out good and useful content consistently, you will find an audience. Eventually. And I just yeah. think it's a mm-hmm. it's a really great platform for that. And um yeah, it's a huge audience of real people and I have lots yes. of great interactions with with people on there um yeah i yeah. i agree it's i i feel like to me it's just like this it, it you know obviously there's crap everywhere you know whatever platform you're on or whatever but there's yeah. just so much amazing great things on youtube you know yeah and, and i think can, that's because they incentivize so it you can yeah I mean, it's just yeah. you can discover things that you maybe mm-hmm. never knew. I mean, it's very educational in, you know, in a lot of ways. And, um, it, you know, it's so funny too. like two YouTubers that I got interested in back when I lived in my old place down in Orange County. And this happened during the pandemic, too, because, you know, I started like doing some woodworking and, you know, took on a covid hobby or whatever. And it's like, well, and uh, two big DIYers that I started following that are huge, you know, huge channels. Both live right here in Joshua Tree, and I've seen both of them at my Home Depot. It's pretty funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh hey man, big cha- big fan of your channel. And uh, yeah. but you know, from a business standpoint, what I you know some of the things that I really like is if you look at the where some of these YouTubers have taken it to. And it's always fun to go way back and look at like what they were doing 10 years ago when they started their YouTube journey. And I think, you know, we'll get into it, but YouTube's a long-term investment, you know, if you want to get involved in it for sure. But, you know, to look at somebody and and one of these DIYers is a great example of his early videos. He's living at home with his parents, you know, building some basic stuff. And now the guy is like 
you know, he's doing videos on the Home Depot YouTube channel for Home Depot. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's so there's just all these areas that it can go. And, you know, and I think people who want to get into it maybe as a business think that it's mostly like the ad revenue. But the big YouTubers, it's really that's like the smallest part. And they're making all the money from, you know, brand deals and. And, and to me, I just, again, you know, there's a, a cyclist that I follow that has just went from making little videos to basically producing hour and a half long films that are, you know, sponsored. You know, he went from the app, you know, the usual like upload a video once a week and here's my training ride or I went and did this race to these epic film productions that, you mm-hmm. know. It's three months now between videos, but they're they're like movies coming out, all sponsored, yeah. you know. And he's like, it's it, it's amazing, like what you can do with that platform. Have um, you ever watched any of Paul David's videos? Do you know Paul David? Have David's? not. Have not. He's a he's a guitar YouTuber. Um, he's one of the bigger ones. He's got like I think three million subscribers, um, and he is he's fantastic. Like cool. the the production level of his videos is just so slick and so dialed and on point. Um, and I really appreciate. It. I've actually bought a few of his guitar courses that cool. have helped helped me um, with with my own teaching. Nice. Um, are you? You know, we were talking a little bit about YouTube analytics and things like that, which they are great at. Are you using any of the like VidIQ or TubeBuddy or anything like that? To yeah, I use TubeBuddy. Um, I use it to do. Uh, research on what songs would be good so they give you a little score based on you know the search volume and the competition Mm -hmm. so sometimes i have my own videos for songs i want to do i get a lot of requests and if it's something i'm at all interested in i'll plug it into tubebuddy and just see the score um sometimes it's you know sometimes i'll get like a a 90 and it says an excellent score and it just gets buried or even if it ranks high it doesn't do very well and then sometimes i'll get like a 50 and i'll do it anyway and that'll be the video that takes off so yeah it's not it's it's a little bit unpredictable sure sure i I think you know yeah i I was just gonna say you know before we go too deep in the weeds of youtube because i i think you know the audience listening to this is certainly maybe a little bit more you know it's probably still on that upper edge of like maybe even deciding if this is an area uh yeah that they want to go into, but you know, in these early, you know, the early days of your channel, you, you just have to experiment, you know, I like, I, I make yes. a video thinking like, Oh, this, this is going to do good. And it never does. And then I make yep. a video going like, ah, I'm going to throw this one together. And all of a sudden, boom, that one blows up and blow up totally. for me is obviously different than blowing up a video for you. And it's different for you than from, you know, a big YouTuber. But, you know, when you're new at it and you get a video that's like, wow, it's got thousands of views. You're like, wow, that's that's amazing. And it is kind Mm -hmm. of amazing when you really think about it that, uh, you know, some video you made six months ago has 20 or 30 or 40,000 views. You're like, that's a lot of eyeballs, (laughs) you know, on some some piece of video that you made. So, you know, and I think. What's cool for us as musicians is that creating cool YouTube videos still satisfies an artistic, creative element. You know, for yes. me, like, I, I've always loved cool cameras. Can't really tell today because I'm on my crappy 
laptop camera because I couldn't get my good camera working. But, you know, I love cameras. I love video. I'm, I'm always spending too much money on that stuff for my, you know, YouTube trip, uh, you know, motorcycle trips. But I love filming it. I love coming home and editing and placing music behind it and building that story. It's, it's like recording music or, or you know, creating, a, writing a song. And so I think it lends itself well to musicians to, to look into, you know, video editing and making a YouTube channel. Yeah, totally. Well, the one, one other thing I wanted to say about TubeBuddy is mm-hmm. I do use it a lot for A-B testing for yeah. thumbnails and stuff. And I think just kind of what you were saying about experimenting, um, I think that that's really helpful in general, whether you're using TubeBuddy or just experimenting with different types of video, just testing seeing what works um yeah but yeah i uh it's it's a really fun creative outlet for me uh because every week now i i try to shoot at least two tutorial videos and so i learn to play and teach a couple of songs every week um and it's really fun and i do a cover at the end of the videos of each song so it's really fun to just wrap my head around a new pieces of music all the time and think about how I want to perform them or, or how I want to teach them, which is often a really challenging and satisfying creative puzzle of how much do I want to simplify this or not? How do I want to break this down? What what little inversions or little variations that the piano does on the studio recording are important to the song and what is going to kind of bog me down and make the video too long. Um, right. All of those are really fun problems to, to think about. <laughs> and, um, yeah. It's just, you know, since we, we always have a little bit of limited time here, let, let's shift gears. Let's get into some nitty gritty. Give us an, a, a yeah. rundown. Just like wh- where are the numbers at on your YouTube channel, subscribers and views and just some, some general yeah. info like that. Yeah. So I, I just passed 10,000 subscribers um, last week I awesome. announced the name change in conjunction with that. Uh, and I'm getting around like 2,500, uh, views a day. Wow. And, that's um, great. yeah, uh, that's really good. about, about 40 subscribers every day. Um, that's really, so yeah, yeah. you're hitting uh, to me that it sounds like to me, like you're on that. You, you've stuck with it to that point and figured out what you're doing to where you're starting to get that, you know, that upward curve. You should only keep going from there. So, you know, yeah. ob- obviously the channel, you know, a while ago surpassed those numbers you need to start any kind of monetization. Are you making any YouTube ad revenue at this point? I am. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not. It's like not paying the rent. Life changing. <laughs> no. Well, it's uh I mean I I am happy to just talk about it. It's Yeah, whatever right you're the number with. the number keeps changing, but like sure. in YouTube Studio it tells you it tells you the last what you've made over the last 28 days. And right now yeah. it's a, if I look at that stat it's about $120. Yeah. It, um so, you know, $120 a month is great. Like um, again, it's not going to pay the rent, but it's, it's, it's something. And that number keeps going up. Like every couple of weeks, it goes up by a dollar or two. Um, right, it right. was around a hundred, you know, just a month ago. So, uh, you know, if that keeps growing, that's, 
that's that's really nice. Yeah. And, and you know, again, we there, there's a, the, we could really get into the weeds, but there's so many things that affect that affect that number. Um, well, a big, th- and the, a big the, thing the subscribing, for me. the subscribers yeah. is actually not really even a, a factor in that as much. It's really just, you know, the view, n- not only the, the views on a particular video, but, you know, the clientele that it is. Mm. you know attracting and how profitable that clientele is you, yeah, you know has sure. a big impact on it well i also revenue share with the mm-hmm. since i'm mostly teaching um copyrighted music pretty much yes. every everything i post has a copyright claim and so uh, i'm only i'm getting a smaller percentage than i yes. would otherwise so that's a that's kind of incentive to do more videos that are just like general technique videos or stuff that um or music theory videos that are not specific to copyrighted songs so that's something that i've been trying to brainstorm on because then i could get you know all of the creators cut on that sure how how long then have you been offering a course um that is for sale uh i released that course in april uh, yeah, you, you were a big, uh, played a big role in inspiring me to make a course and, uh, you, you had advised me to just get it, get something out quick, not, not totally burn yourself. And I totally failed at taking that advice. It took me <laughs> a good, a good year to finish it up and finally get it out. But, uh, so I put out one course in April and I've got another one that I'm done shooting and, um, it's edited, but I need to. Um, finish up all the materials and stuff, hoping to have that out sometime this winter. So you released a course in April. From the Mm -hmm. time you released it, how long did it take to make the first sale? Oh, well, I I had the my mailing list and did a whole launch sequence as well as uh, with a discounted. I think I sold it for sixty seven dollars for the first week when I launched it before going up to 97, but I sold one or two the first day I announced it. Awesome. Which, um, how did that feel? Which was really awesome. It felt <laughs> so good. Uh, I remember you, you talking about when you get that first, just like PayPal or, or, um, Stripe notification. I know, um, it's a total, it's holy something shit that, that's going like... to be like a, a passive income thing that just, yeah. it just suddenly comes in. It's a good feeling. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I announced it to my mailing list and it took like four hours and I was thinking, oh man, I've worked so hard this last year and nothing's going to happen with this. And then I got a sale and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it felt good. And the sales have been, it goes up and down. It's sure. funny. It's been ramping up like as of October. Like I sold maybe ten in the in the like announcement week, in mm-hmm. the launch week, and then I didn't sell one for like a month, and yep. then they started to trickle in more. And by October, I was I've started selling one like every other day. Yeah, about which, and then I sold a ton for a Black Friday deal. Oh, cool! And then I haven't sold one for the last like three weeks. Or I guess how long has it been since the end of November? The last something like I, that, yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> Could be, you know, it's, time of year, 
things like that are all. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There'll be that. a couple of days and I'll sure. sell one every day. And I'm like, wow, it's really picking up. And then there'll be a week and I won't sell any. So, 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 so far, the biggest thing has been selling <clears throat> these courses has paid for me to hire a full-time video editor. Oh, nice. Wow. Um, yeah. And so that's been great. That's been what allows me to start putting out two videos a week as opposed to one every week or every other week because editing was a huge bottleneck on my time. Um, so, but that's a fixed cost now and putting out two to three times as much content, I think will help the channel grow a lot more. So, um, I feel like I definitely feel like I, I could have a better landing page and a better email, uh, yeah sequence um to get my conversion rate up but it does feel like i have something built now that's working and it's converting somewhat and i'm and i'm making sales organically by people that are coming in through my youtube channel so yeah, that's great i it's it's really affirming and motivating because i'm like yes this 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 is working i've i've built like the foundation for something and if i just keep plugging away and keep putting out high quality videos push myself to make them better and better my channel is going to keep growing and the more my channel grows the more the income will grow as well so uh well nate the success is it's awesome to see and i i've been following it along and i'm always checking in on the channel and just like going yeah dude he's just he's totally got it you know like his oh, thumbnails thanks. look great and you could just see it coming together and uh, i'm gonna it, it's gonna be great you know to a few years from now, just see this huge channel and a huge business that you will have most likely built. And I, again, I could just, you know, I think the more that music teachers and music school owners explore this, I just think it's a great direction for people to go. You know, like yeah. when you look at like what's involved in it and how many people you might need and to run your business, it, it's just once you can build it to that level, it's just it's hard to look at brick and mortar businesses. You know, it's like I, I look at these things as they build and I, and then I look at my brick and mortar business and I go, man, that sure takes a lot of effort and money and work to keep that brick and mortar thing going, you know? Yeah. A couple of years ago, I was all about building the brick and mortar and I, that it's not at all appealing to me anymore. Right. I'm so much more just like, uh, this lights me up a lot more and feels yeah. like it has a much higher ceiling. Um, one th last thing I would want to say, we're, you, you, you were talking earlier about how there is a lot of competition. Um, but I, I feel like there is so much room. Yeah. Like for any niche, especially something as big as music and like uh, some of the people that, that comment, the most on some of my videos, I recognize some of the people that keep popping up and giving me feedback and stuff. I, every so often I'll pop on a someone else's YouTube channel that's doing piano tutorials and the same people are commenting. There's just, there's a lot of people out there that just have just like an insatiable appetite for sure. certain types of content. And there's, yeah, I think even if it seems like the space is really crowded, I think there's, there's, it's, it's not zero sum 
So, Nate, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show again today. It's always great to catch up with you. I'm going to put in the yeah. show notes here, um, you know, on the podcast and on the YouTube video of this podcast, um, all the links to your channel. I'm going to look up that book you mentioned, The YouTube Formula by Daryl Eves. Um, we will put links to like vidIQ and TubeBuddy, maybe some of these YouTube channels that are all about growing a YouTube channel. Um, you mentioned Active campaign for building your list and your email sequences that's always yep. in there i'll put a link in there to uh the software i use to build courses and uh everybody can Cluck? check out all this 10x, 10x yes. pro slash yep. yep i yep. that's what i use as well i got that from from you awesome awesome yep. yeah those guys are always a, a, you know another company that's just like continually upgrading and trying to you yeah. know make it the best that it can be so uh I, I like sticking with those guys um yeah but we'll put all that stuff in the show notes so people can kind of have a whole resource there of things to check out if they want to uh you know look at adding a youtube channel uh, as another income stream or another direction to go in their you know their music teaching uh world in their music school business so nate thanks so much we'll talk to you soon buddy yeah thank you <laughs>